0: Fight Back with Libby Nimer on Zuma Radio. Welcome
1: back. It was a story that prompted a chorus of condemnation from decent people across the country. Last Friday, an 11-year-old girl told us she was assaulted when she was on her way to school with her younger brother. And it was by a man with scissors who cut her hijab. In short order, the girl gave a news conference at her school. Her mother also appeared. Now, Toronto police say that this was a hoax. Now, I have to say, I'm not surprised. I was at home sick watching this unfold, and there was something about it that made me wonder. This young girl, obviously very intelligent, just seemed too poised, too collected, not rattled at all. So, to delve into this, we have Toronto Police spokesman Mark Pugash and security and terror expert Ross McLean. Uh, gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Good
2: morning. Good morning. Good to be here, Libby.
1: Uh, it's good afternoon, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll let that go. Mark, uh, what can you tell us? Uh, um, uh, how did
3: the investigation unfold? Well, investigators were on it right away on Friday. They worked hard on Friday and over the weekend they gathered uh, a lot of evidence uh, from a variety of sources—video, interviews, and, and other things. And when they had all the evidence, they sat down and and, and analyzed it and tested it, and the only conclusion that made sense under the circumstances was that the events described on Friday did not happen.
1: Well, and, and I know that uh, at the time, uh, police said that they thought it was very unusual to put this young girl on camera uh, at a news conference right away.
3: Uh, I'm not sure who said that. Um, we had nothing... Uh, to do with the way the way in which other people spoke we had one person there who explained um, what the police uh, position was so i'll leave it for others including perhaps ross to describe uh, how he found found that to be
1: um what can you tell us about the investigation did you interview the young girl
3: we interviewed all the uh, the people who were connected with this we got uh, a large amount of, of video we put it all together, uh, we sat down to see what we had, and the only conclusion that made sense was that the events described on, on Friday didn't happen. And, and we saw, uh, understandably, it received huge media attention, huge social media attention internationally. And we felt that once we'd come to the conclusion that uh, that the events didn't happen, we felt it was urgent that we release that as soon as we could to to allay some of the concerns. And that's what we did this morning. Uh,
1: when you say video, uh, is is it video of of the street around there?
3: I'm not going to go into specifics, but one of the first things any investigator will do will be to try and locate uh, and and take um, security camera video of of whatever kind. I mean, that's a, a vital part of, of any investigation these days.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, do you? How would you? characterize this? I mean, is is this the type of thing you've seen before?
3: This is very rare in the city. I can think back over 15 years and I can think of a very small number of cases where uh, this has happened.
1: Uh, I'm going to bring Ross into the conversation. I think Ross has a question for you.
3: Well, there's a couple
2: of things, Mark. Number one, this would have used... How many resources, police resources, would this have used, I imagine, to canvas the area, interview the different people, put it all together? I, 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 I
3: don't have uh, specifics, but it, it, it would have been significant.
2: Are, are you aware as well, uh, the people who interviewed the children, are they ones who normally would interview uh, young offenders and that sort of people? Or is it just the normal detectives?
3: The the, the people uh, that we use are quite qualified and uh, for the jobs that they do and in and in the appropriate circumstances we have the people who have the training and the skill to uh, to interview whoever is connected with an investigation
2: I, i know mark that you've put out the release that says that the investigation in the attack is closed is there an investigation into public mischief that would be a separate investigation that would look at how this came about or if there was any furtherance of this
3: this false call our investigation is concluded i wouldn 't anticipate uh, anything further coming from it
1: and uh, Mark uh, should we expect charges uh, relating to this?
3: Uh, I, no the as I just said, the investigation is is concluded, and i i wouldn 't expect there to be anything else to arise from this
1: okay so um, uh, let me ask you this uh, in the in the normal course of things if if there was a finding of mischief, is that something that that would result in a charge normally?
3: We make decisions in every case as to, based on the evidence we have, whether, you know, what is appropriate as far as uh, as any, any action we take with charging people. And we've decided um, with the conclusion of this case and the finding that the events that, that were described on Friday did not happen, that we will not be uh, taking this any further.
1: Oh, okay. Um, uh, and um, uh, do you, is there anything you can share about um, how this hoax, like who who started this, who was aware of it, anything like that?
3: Well, I, again, I, I don't I don't think it's appropriate for for us to to go into uh, to speculate about how it might have started or who may uh, have been involved. Our concern was that there were very serious allegations which caused uh, alarm. And dismay to people in the city and, and, and you know and beyond. Uh, our investigators worked uh, very aggressively and put together a significant amount of evidence that they that they looked at, that they tested, that they analyzed. And the only conclusion they could come to was that it didn't happen. And, and we wanted to try, to the extent we could, to allay public concerns um, and remind people that reporting things that turn out not to have happened is very rare in the city.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, it it certainly did not reflect well on the city of Toronto. I mean, it was investigated as a hate crime, correct?
3: It was investigated as a a hate crime. And I, I absolutely understand why this received the attention that it did. The allegations were extremely serious. We treated them seriously. We investigated them thoroughly. And and the conclusion that we came to was that the events did not happen.
2: Mark, if the police are finished with this, was there ever any consideration given to the sort of diversion sort of things that we see with the courts sometimes now where people don't get charged, they go out, they have to take seminars or courses, or has there been any consideration to perhaps, I don't know, children's services being notified if there's more to this about how this came to be with these young children?
3: I'm I'm not going to go into specifics, but we take into account... Uh, a wide variety of factors before we reach a conclusion as to whether or not we're going to move forward. Uh, and we considered that in this case, and our decision is that the investigation is concluded and that we don't anticipate anything further arising from it.
1: Okay, so um, uh, let's uh, take a call from Elizabeth in Mississauga. Hello, Elizabeth.
4: How are you? Fine. Well, I'm listening to Ross and Mark and like you Libby, you were at home and I saw this too on TV and my first reaction was that kid is lying. I didn't believe it.
1: Uh-huh, yeah.
4: Because really Canadians are not like that. Well, there, you know, I I there are bad apples. Hate there crimes happen here like apples. they do elsewhere. Yeah, there're few bad apples. But I think that uh, when I saw the mother and I thought she's a good actress too. Well, I was I I think they should be fined. That's my opinion because they have called the police which took up time where they probably could have investigated something else more serious. They used our law enforcement for a hoax basically. Yep. Um, and I don't and I don't agree with that. And I think that they as a family should be disciplined and either the child or the family should go through, um, I don't know, counseling of some sort. And I think the girl should have to do community service.
1: Okay, Elizabeth, uh, thanks for that suggestion. I see Ross uh, has something to say about it. Yeah,
2: Mark, (laughs) Mark, I wanted to ask you about this. There are very specific protocols between the TDSB and the Toronto Police for notifying police and getting police involved. Somehow the press got wind of this, and this became the media firestorm. Is there any follow-up going to take place between how TDSB handled this and the protocols, the talks, but how they're supposed to
3: contact police? We have a very good relationship with the TDSB. We speak on an ongoing basis about a whole variety of things, and I'm certain that both sides will have things they want to discuss about this, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if that happened.
2: Yeah, this is very specific, Libby, the, the what, who, when the police get notified, how they mm-hmm. do and what happens. It's very specific. So I, I'm, I'm surprised in this case as to what happened. As Mark says, I think there will be some talks about this.
1: Okay, well, that's, uh, that's another interesting thing. And, and uh, again, uh, the TDSB and the press conference. But we have to take a quick break. We're going to be back with more from Mark Pugash and Ross McClain. And we're going to take more of your calls on the hijab hoax. We'll be right back.
0: Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. We are talking about the hijab hoax. A big story on Friday. An 11-year-old girl said that she was assaulted on the way to school with a guy with scissors who cut her hijab. Uh, We had comment from every level of government, including the Prime Minister's office, a news conference where she was front and center. Um, It's obviously a story that did not put our city and our country in a very good light, and now it turns out to be a hoax. I'm uh, here with Ross McLean and Mark Pugash, the police spokesman, and uh, let's take a call from Jerry in Richmond Hill. Hello, Jerry.
5: Hi, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I just spilt on my ends when I tried to throw it in the soup. But anyway, <laughs> I have a couple things that I like to say. First and foremost, words have been said, especially with our media today, can't be taken back, and I'm worried about what it's done to our country. Okay. That being said, years ago, when I worked for the federal government bringing in refugees, a lot of the young kids didn't want to wear the garb that they had to wear at home. And I remember one family in particular, the little girl was seven, eight years old, and what she would do is pack it in her school bag, and then when she came around the corner, she'd put it back on. And for months, the teachers did not know that she was Muslim okay my theory when i I agree with you and the other lady uh, previously when i saw her knowing body language i'm thinking man this is a little too cool she's 11 years old i got a granddaughter who's 12 they can play it right so i didn't believe it and my theory is is that she wanted to be like other kids she wanted to show her beautiful dark hair she all of these things which her family believes shouldn't be shown
1: well, so, I I don't know about that because uh, I would think that the the point was to show that that uh, people who wear hijabs are discriminated against and and are uh, victimized. So that would be I I would think her point was the opposite one. Well, but, no, uh, that
5: that is what I was thinking that she was trying to prove to her family. If I don't look. Like if I look like them, I'm more accepted. I don't have to, you know, get faces made or whatever. Whatever the children are doing today, every, every 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 generation, where they're doing something against one race, color, creed, whatever. You know,
1: Jerry, that's an interesting theory. Thanks for your call. Oh.
2: You know, Mark, uh, the the media person that you sent out there, the officer, I think is her name, Jen, is it? She's, she works uh, very closely with the Muslim community and young girls. Did she have any involvement in the investigation, or did she just handle it from a media point of view?
3: No, she was not part of the investigation. She works in corporate communications. There uh, were large uh, numbers of media, and she was there to deal with the media and to respond on behalf of the Toronto Police.
1: And... Uh uh, again were were you surprised when when the school board you know called this news conference and so quick?
3: You know what? Uh, the school board will uh, will have to answer for what they did. I I don't uh, discuss what other agencies do. I speak about the Toronto Police Service.
1: Okay. The, well, the school board isn't commenting. They said they they released a two-line statement. Uh, by the way, people that said we are relieved that this didn't happen and there will be no further comment. Um, I I suspect that there will be, as Ross uh, suggested, comment behind
3: closed doors. Right. Well, as I said said to Ross, we have. A, a good relationship uh, with the TDSB. We speak regularly on a whole variety of, of of issues and anytime there's something as big as this, we always, uh, you know, we'll, we'll discuss it and, and look at the way it was handled and if there are any lessons to be learned.
2: You know, the the issue of public mischief too is a serious one. Uh, Mark, that you can do with either summary conviction or indictable up to five years because you can have very serious consequences with these false calls coming. in. we saw one in the States there where somebody called in a false hostage taking oh and someone God. got shot. So uh, maybe you should talk a little bit about how seriously the the police take public mischief.
3: I think the the case you're referring to in the States referred to as swatting is something yeah. which is, is extremely serious. And... and we were reminded about that again with the most recent one, which ended up with uh, with someone uh, dead. and And these things tend to focus on very urgent incidents, very uh, uh, potentially very violent incidents, which is certainly gather, you know, is intended to um, elicit a response, and the emergency services are in the position where uh, you know it's it's damned if you do and damned if you don't. You have to take, um, emergency calls seriously, but we're also seeing situations where there are people out there who are endangering not only themselves, but a lot of other people by, um, you know, making fake emergency calls. And and the case in the States, uh, you know, reminded people of how violent they can be. Um, I, I don't want to sound complacent, far from it. The, the sort of situation that we saw on Friday is still very unusual in the city. I can think back over 15 years and I can think of small uh, a number of cases that have resulted in in investigations where it's determined that um that that what was complained about did not happen but it is something that we keep an eye on it is something uh that we have to uh you know we have to watch very very closely and where it is appropriate and where we have the evidence we will take the necessary steps.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I've seen cases like this in other in the united states one and uh well mostly in the united states and and so i just want to make the point that it's been uh, other communities as well uh and and obviously i'm i'm sure you know the community isn't thrilled because it doesn't show them in a very good light um but but you know these things happen though uh you know i was saying knock on the formica that it doesn't happen too often here let's go to john in brampton hello john
3: yes. afternoon uh i've been listening to your program and it's it's been a disturbing situation from the very beginning uh when i initially heard it i was shocked like everybody else uh and like a lot of other people who have called in before me uh they looked a little too rehearsed with the uh media and now i'm even more disturbed to find out it was a hoax and again disturbed another time because uh my understanding is if you call the police and and uh Lie about stuff and have them spend a lot of natu- uh, the, the resources to come out and investigate this. It costs money out of the taxpayers' pocket, etc. And usually, they always lay public mischief charges. And to think that there's absolutely nothing it's concluded—it's beginning to look a lot like political correctness.
1: Well, but you, you know what? Not always. Because just last week, remember the crane girl. Yes. Uh, okay, so the crane girl y- used up a huge amount of resources, and uh, the judge decided to let her off because she was remorseful for whatever reason. I'm just saying uh, there might be political correctness involved here, but but uh, that's not the only reason because I don't think that that you know I don't think the judge let crane girl off because she became kind of a uh, folk heroine, uh, Ross.
2: Yeah, there's there's different parts to this. You know, one that I find interesting as well, too, and it's going to jump topics just a little bit here, is the school resource officer programs, having police officers in schools. Uh, You know, the TDSB decided to pull that out, whereas these police officers are great resources to young people, young people with problems, young people who might want to get involved in drama. And, Mark, I believe you also still have, in certain areas, you do safe walks, where police officers actually walk uh, young girls like this girl and her little brother to school.
3: We have a, a wide variety of, of uh, arrangements with uh, schools and school boards, uh, which involve protecting public safety, young people, and those, those will continue, obviously. Uh,
1: let's hear from Margaret in Toronto. Hi, Margaret.
5: Oh, hi. Good morning, Libby. Thank you for taking my call this is a very gross situation. Uh, the thing is, this, it cost us plenty of money. Our cops are doing their job very well, looking for the culprit. There was no culprit. But was her hijib really cut or was it cup, cut before she was talking about it to make believe that uh, the Canadians are bad people or we're going against girls that are wearing hijabs? It's a worldwide problem it's become. This child should be really seriously punished. Perhaps her her parents got her to do it. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is you don't tell lies. She has to be able to tell the truth and learn what the truth is and not go against Canada. Canada has been so generous with all these refugees and immigrants that are coming in, the less fortunate, and they should respect our principles and not do this. She should be really badly punished. I would punish her if she was my child. Okay,
1: Margaret, thanks for that. And uh, we don't know... um if she's being punished or what punishment, I would imagine she's being punished, and I would also imagine that after this is out uh, she's she's probably going to have a hard time in school after all of that, because uh uh you know kids she was she she was kind of the center of attention and uh the big hero of the story, and it, this turns out so publicly to be a lie I, I i I wouldn't want to be that girl in school at that age.
2: Yeah, it can be tough. Some of these, we don't know in this case, and you know we can't really say, but you can have certainly have problems where people make things up and they do things like that. Uh, from the police's point of view, if they're under the age of 12, you cannot charge them criminally no matter what. So they're very much limited there.
1: Okay, uh, let's go to Anna in
6: King City. Hello, Anna. Good morning uh, um, to everyone. Actually, good afternoon. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank the uh, police department for taking prompt a- action. Um, I'm an immig- immigrant as well. I do not have hijab, and I'm, because of the, those people having the hijab, I'm in this country. So as a taxpayer, I sincerely request from the police department, please do not go back to your 50 years uh, database, because at that time you didn't have this many hijab people. And this is one sample of they are lying, and they are taking uh, good uh, faith of being Canadian. I'm so proud of being Canadian now, and I... I, Really ap- appreciate the opportunity given to me, so I don't want this uh, uh, view is given to uh, Canadian people um, uh, in the worldwide. So please, Department, I'm asking from you because I heard in your radio over and over. You said in your last fifty years experience, this is a small amount uh, uh, happened. That, so please change your procedures because your community is changed. It's well, there, there.
1: Thanks, Anna, for that. Um. This was once. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, I I can't imagine that this is going to lead to a spate of of other uh, similar hoaxes because uh, it took all of two days and a weekend at that to solve it, right? Right.
2: Well, one would hope not, and I'm not sure if I got the, the, the caller's point or not, but if she's saying, don't let this one girl's actions reflect on a whole community, I think that's the same feeling that people were feeling, saying, well, don't let, if someone had done this, don't that reflect on all of Canada? And certainly the police are always in that thing situation when they're doing something and someone comes out and wants to blame the, every police officer based on one circumstance.
1: Well, okay, um, looks like uh, boy, the, this is a very controversial topic. We're running out of time. Uh, Mark Pugash, what would you like to leave us with?
3: I think um, it, th- th- these things always create uh, interesting discussions and debates. Uh, I think the lessons that people will take away from this uh, are the you know the obvious ones, and these things I'd remind people, um, and it's not the cases we've had before where allegations were found not to have happened in most cases had nothing to do with um, particular faith groups. It was in other crimes. um, But in any event, the number of times this happens is extremely rare.
1: Okay, Mark Pugash, thanks so much for joining us. And Ross, what would you like to leave us with very quickly?
3: Well, do
2: not report false crimes. Get some help if you're going to do it. Get an adult in your life. Find someone to help you work it out. And don't play with the uh, the racism card like that, it's just it's just too dangerous. It's, it's flammable.
1: Exactly. Um, OK, well, we had to leave a lot of calls on the line. Remember, Free For All Friday is coming up, uh, and I'm sure this will still be a topic then. That is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. And we now break for traffic and news.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.